G'day listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews. It's me, Sam, it's been a while. Um, we had an Easter break, a couple of holidays, but I'm finally in the seat, ready to, to discuss uh, this week's flashback. Um, with me to discuss all things Evil Dead is Ant. Ant, how are you, bud? I'm pretty damn excited, mate. I'm feeling groovy and I can't wait for you to hail to the king, baby. <laughs> So, listeners, this week um, we'll be we'll be talking about the 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 I guess the predominantly we're talking about Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Three, but also briefly touching on the other two Evil Dead films and maybe even the TV series and slash remake. So buckle buckle yourselves in, open up the Necrocom was it Necrocomicon, <laughs> and uh, let's get get prepare yourself to because we read through the Book of the Dead. Now, Ant. This film came out in 1993, right? Correct. You were just a, a young kid <laughs> looking for his way in the world, right? Love and life. Love and life. Can you give me or can you remember your original reaction to this film when you first saw it? Well, Sam, I've got a fun fact for you. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> So we, we used to have Foxtel back in the day and yep. uh, Showtime used to play movies and my first initial reaction when I was a young lad um, was Army of Darkness and I only saw the, uh, the ending, the end battle um, and then the ending. Now, at the time, I thought this movie was absolute bullshit because I hated the ending, but it had a different ending than the S-Mart ending i had the ending where he uh, wakes up in an apocalyptic future and he's just got a massive beard and shit and i thought well that's shit and i hated it anyway fast forward a few years i was at your place and uh you said to me uh you, you ever watch army of darkness or the evil dead movies i'm like no nah, no nah, i haven't really seen them and so you went into dave from sydney's room grabbed this box set gave them to me and i sat down and i watched every movie that was in there and i got hooked man so my first real um, yeah, re first real exposure to these movies was because of you and uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. So that was yeah. As a young phone running around, thank you very much, Sam. I'm just I'm just trying to do the Lord's work. I'm just trying to get kids into good films and just understand that. Look, yeah, there's Marvel films out there and they're great, but there are fucking classics out there that will rip your dickhole open wide. Or rip your <laughs> vagina open or wide, whatever you got. It'll rape you, you with got, a treat. It'll be ripped open wide by the awesomeness of this film. This is a personal classic, old time favorite of mine. Um, it's the thing I love about this film, right? Is the tonal shift is epic, and they get the balance correct. So the Evil Dead series, the first two were predominantly just. I mean, the second one had humor in it, but the first two were predominantly, um, I would say, jump scare horror. Would you agree with that? Um, no, I'd agree. Was it not slasher? That, no, I'd agree with you that the first one, yeah, was was horror. Uh, jump scare, not so much. He he did have a few jump scares in there, but it was mostly it was like gross out horror. No, gross out horror. Um, yeah, gross out yeah, horror. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit bit of that. Um, yeah. Part two. Part two. He did. Throw in the comedy aspect, um, and a little bit, didn't, but not to. It the wasn't heavy. Yeah, it wasn't heavy, but it was very stylized, like like the death of um, I forget his name. The guy gets dragged in, and then it's just blood pouring everywhere. So he had a different type of 
horror comedy. It was more stylized. Whereas this one was just like, fuck it. Let's just do it. Everything's funny. And let's just, let's just go for it. Um, and that's what I really liked about this film is this uh, has a perfect balance of um, action, humor. I wouldn't even say there's a little bit of horror, but not much. Um, it's just, it plays on those weird fantasy movies that, that, that we used to get in the mid to late 80s, early 90s of like, like Lady Hawk and that weird Tom Cruise one when he's got the unicorn, um, where it's just a world that's been conceptualized purely by the director and it's just got in, like weird elements to it and you just kind of just go with it. You just go along with the ride, right? So to set this film up, uh, for those who haven't or aren't aware of it, it's the third movie of a trilogy, but it doesn't really matter in the sense because the direction of this film, um, it kind of just explains the first five minutes. So you're already caught up in the first five minutes. Um, it's considered, I'd say, widely regarded as a, probably a, a standalone film in the sense that the first Evil Dead um, was a horror, cheap horror film that they made. Uh, Sam Marimi, director of Spider-Man and whatnot, made um, off the back of his crunch, his own sweat in a cabin in I don't know, somewhere in the Midwest, right? The second one was virtually, even though it was called a sequel, Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn, it was a remake in essence, pretty much the same plot. Um, but as Ant said, it was a bit more stylized, had a bit more money behind it. Um, so, so Sam, can I give a, a bit of uh, insight to that? Um, uh, not yet, not yet. Hold on, let me just finish this oh. point. <laughs> and, All right, I'll just stay here. And, and, the, um, and the third one, the third one was basically uh, its own um, sort of completely different left field film that's set in its own world um, that kind of has very little tangents that relate back to the previous two. So basically, listen, the, the plot of this movie is that in the in the in the second Evil Dead film, um, there's a portal that gets opened up, um, pretty much, and then Ash just goes through the portal. And now in the third one, he's in this new sort of medieval setting where this book, the, um, I can't even say it, Necro Necronom, um, is a book of the dead written by the <laughs> Samurites, Sem I don't know, in blood. And this is, a, this is a book about raising the dead or from hell who will take over the planet. And Ash has got to find a way to stop the evil dead from rising and taking over this medieval castle slash town and also find a way to get back home. Um, yeah, so it's a simple premise, but executed brilliantly. All right, so maybe what we'll do is we'll talk about briefly, I don't know, because you you're each going to give out some facts about um, Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. So, Anth, uh, take it away with your facts. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Necronomicon. Um, Necronomicon. <laughs> I can't say it. Necronomicon. Oh, fuck off. That's all right. I'm the dyslexic one, so it's uh, it's quite entertaining for me. Um, yeah, so Within the Woods was the uh, the first attempt. Um, and you can YouTube Within the Woods, Sam Raimi, or Within the Woods, Evil Dead. It's an 8mm film, uh, 30 minutes long. And pretty much that was their fan film that they made uh, to get funding to make Evil the Evil Dead. The Evil Dead was made 
um, within two years, it took a long time to complete. So if you watch it, you can actually see hairstyles change and everything like that. Yeah, boring fun facts. Yeah, I get it. Uh, such a nerd. Um, then what happened was in between uh, the Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, um, they lost the rights to their own film. So when they created the uh, Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn, they did not have the rights to the Evil Dead. So uh, their solution was not to do a reboot, not to do a remake or anything like that. It was to create a new film um, that is a sequel, but recreates the events from the first film. So what they did, as uh, Bruce Campbell calls it, it's a requel. There's a word for you. And in the requel, it recreates the events from the first film, gets rid of a couple of characters and everything like that. So if you think about the Evil Dead trilogy, Evil Dead is its standalone film. The Evil Dead is its own standalone film. And Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, they're the, um, uh, that's the, that's the, you know, part one and part two. But then if you want to get the Evil Dead in there, Bruce Campbell said himself, if you cut when Ash uh, gets attacked by the evil entity at the end and then start Evil Dead 2, if you can be bothered from that point, then that's how the two movies connect. So that's a little fun fact for you diehard fans. If you can be bothered doing oh, all that. Oh, really? No shit. I didn't even knew that. Yeah. That makes perfect be, sense. It does now because I, you know, I laid the facts down, Sam. So <laughs> if you can it's be bothered doing all that. That makes pure sense. Yeah. So surely there's going to be a cut of that, right? Well, no. So this is just Bruce. This was Bruce Campbell in, a, in an interview um, when uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, came out. And, you know, uh, you start doing all these interviews. And in preparation for this podcast, I was, didn't have time to sit down and watch the four Evil Dead movies. Uh, yes, I included a remake in no, there. No, there's don't, only three. Don't, don't, don't. There's uh, only three. We can argue this off you know, the podcast, that's okay. No, I can just um, kick, you, kick you out of this conversation and, and take this podcast <laughs> by myself. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But your ratings will go down and we all know it. So anyway, um, if you look at the three Evil Dead films, uh, Bruce Campbell, he, he just did an interview and he that was one of the questions. What the hell was part two? Is it a sequel? Is it a remake? So that is how he explained it. Um, so I hope that helps. You guys well, understand it, it? It does in a sense that the first part of Evil Dead 2 is like, why am I re-watching what I just saw? So that kind of makes sense. Well, the funny thing was he was getting questions. Um, the creators of the film were getting questions like, why the hell is he going back to the cabin with somebody else? Like, why is he bringing new people to the cabin? He just escaped it. Why the fuck is he going back there? And so they felt like they had to answer that question because it's like, well, no, we just couldn't get the rights for our own film so this is what we did so so there you go but how could they release it under the name Evil Dead if they didn't have the rights to it well I think they could make a sequel I think they just didn't have the rights to the footage so they because what they would have done is just get footage from the first film and then do that beginning scene that they did in Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn um, but because they didn't have rights to that footage, they then had to refilm. So they then decided, I don't even know why they just didn't take it from when yeah, Ash but, was possessed, but you know, maybe people weren't exposed to it, I guess. Yeah, but people aren't that stupid. If it's, if it's Evil Dead 2, right, go see Evil Dead 1 and then just tell your story from there. Like, what's the big deal? 
Yeah, I don't. I think because a few a few years went by, and I think maybe they were just they had a bigger budget, so maybe they wanted to do the first film um, a bit of justice by I don't know re showing it or something along those lines. I guess we have to get Sam Raimi on the phone to uh, <laughs> answer questions. So we'll just call it Dead by Dawn. Up? Leave it like that. Dead by Dawn. Don't call Evil Dead Two to say Dead by Dawn and say yeah, it's a remake because it makes dawn. no sense. Dawn. Um. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so it's a simple premise. They basically, some guys go and girls um, go to this cabin in the woods. They find this book. This book turns out to be a book of the dead. They read What's it. What's it called? The book, I'm not saying it. Um, and once they read that, the evil dead is awoken and tries to possess them all and take them back into hell um, with them. And the hero, Bruce Campbell, a.k.a. Ash Williams, it's his job to fight the evil dead and survive, which he does in the first one. Um, and in the second one, it's pretty much the exact same plot, but he gets sucked through a portal to the medieval world, like I said 10 minutes before. Okay. So what makes um, Evil Dead 3, uh, the Army of Darkness, so unique is that it it basically took the premise of, what they, of the world that they established in the first two or the first, yeah, the first two films, and they expanded it and created a universe that was entirely unique um, in a setting that was completely left field. Like, who would have thought that there'd be medieval knights fighting um, the army of the dead or the evil dead? Um, it's campy to a degree. It has uh, a lot of comedy. It has um, elements of... Um, I guess you'd say almost uh, sci-fi, um, particularly with the original ending, um, and it, and it has a pretty fun sort of just a fun time with it. Where the first two were kind of more horror, and you kind of just you go for to be I guess scared. This is more about just it's more an action film slash campy action film. The the only thing I'd say that that lets probably um, the Army of Darkness down to a degree is if you're not prepared to go for that ride and just sit back and watch this film, it's very easy just to go, oh, fuck, this is just a pile of trash. (laughs) 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 You just kind of got to go with it. It's a film that, I mean, this film will never get made today. Like, they would never make an army of darkness in today's um, environment. It just wouldn't, it just would not make its money back because people, I don't know, they think they're intelligent when they go to see a film, but... I mean, if you're prepared to watch Ant-Man like, and see the same Marvel movie three times over in the same year, you, you, you know, you're not – how can you say that that would be a, a better film in terms of – I don't know. What I'm trying to say is people like to be go to familiar for things. So they like to associate things with brands now. So the Marvel film, you're guaranteed at least an okay time. Whereas they wouldn't take, be willing to take a chance on seeing something this twisted, I guess. Um, Ant, do you think Evil Dead Three would get made in today's climate? Um, no, no, no. I, I think that. Um, well, I mean, the best example is that uh, they tried to remake it and they stuck with Evil Dead. And they got rid of any comedy tone. Um, I think in today's market is 
yeah, is not designed for something like Army of Darkness. You really need to um, know what you're getting into, you know, to bring out your previous point. You need to know what you're getting into when you watch this film. Um, I myself, when I first watched it, I do remember actually not knowing what I was getting into because I didn't know that that film was what I saw when I was younger. So I watched Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, and then I put on Army of Darkness. And I was just like, what the absolute fuck? This is weird as shit. Um, but then I got into it and the campiness drew me in and everything and it was exciting. But I think if you, you know, if you're going to, you know, think you're being educated, then uh, nah, you, it's not going to get made today at all. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so the first Evil Dead, you could say, uh, when they make a remake of that one and it was pre- purely gore horror and whatever, you could say, oh, okay, that makes sense because the first Evil Dead was essentially that. Um, yeah. But this film, like, I don't think people like campy, loose, loosely told narrative, just kind of action sequence to action sequence, um, cheese, you know what I mean? Like, they just, they, they want either things that are gritty and, you know, grounded in reality, or they want something that's so fluff, and I mean, just, just pure pop, not not campy. There's a, there is a difference. There's, yeah. a, there's a distinction that um, they, they just wouldn't be prepared to give this a chance. I mean, the thing about it, right? The, the the whole premise of the film is that you get taken through a portal into a, a parallel dimension. I guess I can't remember. I can't remember what they call it. Um, into or no? Is, is it a parallel dimension or does he actually go back in time? Mm, I he think goes it, back in time. He goes back 1300s. in time. He does, sorry, apologies. He goes back in time through the portal to the 1300s or to, uh, 1400s. And it's like there's no chance that this film would ever get made just because nobody goes sees original ideas anymore. Um, everyone has to be so every every movie that comes out has to be associated with a brand or a universe or expanded IP in some degree. I mean, if you look at um, the last sort of okay, we'll take well we're going to do an episode on. Um, Ready Player One, which is, I guess was based on a book, but it, it's not. It's it's its own sort of. It's not based on a, on an existing universe, right? And that didn't. It gets a lukewarm reception, and I would argue that film would be no different is of quality compared to any other Marvel film. It's just that nobody's invested in that brand, so they don't care. So, as a brand, um, this film was actually. I think it was actually released as Army of Darkness, not Evil Dead Three. So they kind of did kind of want to distinguish this as a separate sort of film given yeah. the tone shift. Um, and and fundamentally what the basic plot is, is so he goes through the portal, he, he goes back in time. He originally um, gets captured by a group of um, knights or I think he's called Lord Arthur and he's suspected to be an agent for the rival um, faction uh, or work for Duke a guy Henry. called Duke, yeah, Duke Henry um, who Arthur is at war with. And so he gets um, basically taken back to Lord Arthur's stronghold fort slash castle and um, he gets, as part of being a traitor or, or a spy or a suspected agent, he gets thrown into this pit and this pit has a deadite in it and a deadite is basically someone who's been possessed by the evil dead and is now uh, working for the devil or the, or the demons. All right. Anyway, long story short, Ash defeats the deadite, okay, comes back out of the top of the hole and he is like revered because he's the only person to have done that he then lets um some of um duke henry's men go um and basically 
Lord Arthur's kind of forms a, I'd say, a loose alliance with Ash, um, and Ash kind of agrees that if they help him find a way back to his time, he will help them defeat the Deadites that are consistently harassing his castle. Um, and through that, he goes, has a romantic involvement with um, Sheila, uh, who is... Is she Lord Arthur's sister? No, I can't remember now. No, no, no. So her brother went off to battle and didn't return. So that's I right. think she, that, that's her connection with that. That's a con- yeah, that's right. Um, and, and basically, Ash, through a big fight scene at the end, defeats the um, Deadites, finds a portal wh- back through the book, and he gets... To, to, to his present day time. So there's a couple of scenes there that I, I glossed over because I don't, I'll, I'll talk about it in more depth. But one of the most iconic scenes, I think, um, in this film, and the way they filmed this was, it's just, a, if you can get this on YouTube, please do it. Even if you're not remotely interested in this film, but if you can watch this scene on YouTube, you, you'll love it, I guarantee it. Is is Ash has to go to this, um, basically he has to, Try and get Sheila gets captured by some deadites, and he has to go out and capture her back or rescue her. Sorry, and um, he has to pretty much he goes through this. Uh, what did you say? Cemetery that that then leads him to the windmill, and he gets. You got your uh, you got your timeline wrong there, buddy. Oh, so the other way around. Windmill then cemetery. Ah, uh, so she hasn't been captured yet. Oh, sorry. So he's he's, re- he's retrieving the book. Ah, uh, okay. Apologies. That's okay. That's uh, yeah. Sorry. He <laughs> he basically he, he's meant to go. He's meant to okay. So part of his deal with um Lord Arthur. I had, I didn't really watch this. But I thought I knew this better than obviously I did. Part of his deal with Lord Arthur that to fight the the Deadites, he has to go get the Necronomicon, um, off of uh in some haunted forest. So he does that. He goes into the haunted forest, and. He's basically he's meant to be given he's given a passage of words that he's meant to recite when he re- retrieves the book. We'll get back to that later. Anyway, during the night, um, basically the haunted forest essentially it's implied I think it is that the haunted forest kind of drives Ash to this windmill, and Ash then crashes into a mirror in the windmill, and then basically small reflections of Ash in the mirror in the mirror shards start to come to life, and he yep. starts fighting. Basically, these little ashes, miniature versions of himself, and then eventually one becomes like a life-size clone that kind of splits from his body, and he has to f- verse himself. Now that scene there, you have to just watch um, Army of, oh, YouTube Army of Darkness um, windmill scene, right? The way they film that with no CGI is astounding. It looks okay. It doesn't probably hold up in terms of today's um, technology. But if you have to give them credit of how they how they structured that scene, and um, in Bruce Campbell's acting, where he's pretty much acting against himself, mm. it, it's amazing. And remember, guys, when you do watch it, you've got to remember it's 1993. So if you mm. compare um, this to even films that are released today, like I recently just watched the new Jumanji movie, and those that CGI was so shit, yeah, it just took me out of the film. But if you look at the way they shot this, like, yeah, you can go, oh, okay, that's 1993 graphics. But it actually doesn't look any worse than what is being released today. So think about it, 1993, they would have put a lot of effort to do this practically. So it's quite an amazing scene. And a funny thing, Sam, I rewatched this yesterday. My wife 
uh, I was sitting down uh, just tuning out on her headphones or whatever and she looked up and saw this scene and her reaction was you're watching the weird ass fucking movie and went back into a back into a headphone so I thought that was just funny I just want to throw that out there <laughs> well it is a weird ass movie that's what I'm saying this movie is so unique and um, then, then anyway, eventually, so he destroys Ash, right? His evil clone of himself, buries him in the cemetery. Then when he retrieves the Necronomicon, instead of reciting the correct words, he forgets because he's Ash Williams and he doesn't care, right? He doesn't pay attention to anything. <laughs> recites the wrong words and then he ends up basically right. <laughs> it results in more deadites coming out, out from the dead. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And um, basically, evil Ash is now the, the the clone he just killed comes back to life and now he's leading an army of darkness against good ash and so it's, it's just funny how you get this juxtaposition and and one of the things i really love about how dumb this movie is or campy this movie is his car this oldsmobile delta 88 his his loves his car it also got sucked in the portal and when he basically retrieves it he retrieves i guess in the cyclopedia of just <laughs> Just a whole series of books about how to make gunpowder, how to make this, because how to make. You got to remember, he he's still a college student, so you know, even <laughs> even though the 40, even though, though the first film the first film came out in 1980 and this one came out in 1993, because they're all you know on the same night, pretty much. He's still yeah. a college student, so that's just his textbooks in the back, baby. Oh, fair enough. You know, fair <laughs> enough. And I just love his scene of him just making like weapons and um, that whole arm, the like the arm that would take so much. It would need a computer chip to work, and you know, yeah, he just doesn't bullshit. work. <laughs> it's just they just gloss over shit like that, and it's just it's just fun. And I'm like, it's funny when he's making the bomb and everyone's touching. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. like he's just about to shit himself because these like these guys back in the 1300s had never seen gunpowder before. The wise man's got the bag of gunpowder and he's holding it over the candle so you can yeah. have, a, have a look at it. <laughs> and Bruce Campbell sells out so well. He like goes whoa, 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 and then he grabs a candle. And slowly just keeps moving it away from the shot. It's just, that's pretty cool. It's just fun. Uh, it's fun. And, and you know what, Sam? Just, yeah. just before you go on, the, the best part about it is though, like, they don't bother explaining this shit. Like, okay, how does he know how to make gunpowder? Because he's got a textbook. All right. How can he do all this shit with a car? Because he's got a textbook. How does he make a prosthetic that works as a hand? No, he's Ash Williams. Like, you just they just make you go, no, you have to accept it. We're not going to bother explaining it. <laughs> That's the best part. That's yeah, I do. I kind of do miss that in movies. I think movies try to today over-explain everything and that because they're having to do so much world building and connecting this film to that film that they a lot of it exposition, just blank blatant exposition. Whereas, like, look, my um, Black Panther, for instance, had I don't know 10, 15 minutes of exposition about this is the world, blah 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 blah. Like, if you go to this film, it's literally yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I was fought the Evil Dead, got stuck through a portal. Now I'm here. Sucks. And it's just like, that's it. And you just go, <laughs> and it's like, all right, fair enough. And like I said, if you're prepared to leave all the, like, basically, if you just want to tune out, not, not even tune out, just have a, go for a ride that just takes you in weird directions and and in in places that you just don't expect, like left turn after left turn after left turn, this is film is right up your alley, 100%. Okay. Guys, so part of this um, this episode, I mean, The Art of Any Darkness, it's a good, great film and one of my favorites, but to be honest, there isn't enough really to talk about to, to sustain <laughs> an hour, right? It's just, it's cheesy, it's uh, campy fun. 
Perfect. Yeah, we, we, we've had it done and dusted about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, this is one of the franchises, I guess, that has never been or has never had main, mainstream success. It's had a lot of um, cult following. It's had a, a massive uh, horror genre sort of support. Yeah. But it's never had a super duper mainstream success. I mean, Sam Raimi loves it. He's obviously the kind of thing that gave his career or gave birth to his career. But they made a remake recently that Anthem you'd mentioned previously about. Um, it's a remake of the first one, which was pure horror. wasn't didn't have zero campy, zero comedy in it. Um, I personally didn't like it. I thought it was just it's just blood and gore for the sake of blood and gore. And and I think Sam was a producer on that film. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, and he liked it. Oh, he liked it. But do you think? Do you think the reason why this never went mainstream is because it it it's just? I mean, Ash. Sorry, I mean Bruce Campbell was charismatic as the lead actor. Um, was he? In in the first one? Oh, like, not in the first one. Probably <laughs> okay. I, I I grant you that, but he definitely evolves into a, into yes a pretty comfortable um, leading man. But yeah. my my point is is it was it was just a cabin in the woods horror story. But why do you think that this never really translated to to like the Halloween or you know Friday the Thirteenth where everybody knows this sort of sort of premise or story is because there isn't one bad guy i think i think well i mean if you look at something like um uh, what's the night of the living dead um night of the living dead came out a bit before the evil dead and there wasn't just one bad guy it was you know obviously a whole heap of zombies um that created its own universe Bear in mind, it did take a while. Um, so that might not be why. I don't know. Maybe maybe it had to do with... If you look at the first one, it's pretty fucking disgusting. Like, I just rewatched it a little while ago just before this podcast because just chilling out. And um, it is gross. So the thing... I mean, if you look at the remake, Sam, I mean, you just mentioned that it's pure gross-out horror. So you were automatically taken out of it. Um, I pretty much guarantee you that was a lot of the reason why a lot of people back then were taken out of it. Um, even to this day, it's still pretty damn gross. So if you just look at it like that, I think their market is a small percentage of the audience. The funny thing is that people were split on Army of Darkness. So you've got the diehard horror fans. Um, that love Evil Dead and, and Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, that don't like Army of Darkness because Army of Darkness is PG-13 or uh, whatever it is. You know, It takes away all the blood, the gore and everything like that and it's pure camp and it doesn't bring in any of the horror elements. But then you've got the guys who like yourself. Um, yeah, I think the first two are okay but love Army of Darkness. Um, so I think if... They expanded from Army of Darkness. They probably could have made it more marketable, but I believe they just couldn't get the sequels happening. Was that? I can't remember if that was the case or not. Yeah, like, he, he he just struggled financing pretty much. Yeah. So this film didn't make a 
truckload of money. I'm, I'm pretty sure I got it up here. I think it only made so off a budget of 11 million, Army of Darkness made 25. Yeah, so, correct. Which made isn't a lot. Nah, no, it didn't make. It's not a box. It wasn't a box office uh, draw by any stretch of the imagination. But I think again because it's so niche, like it's such a niche audience. Well, do you reckon that was more DVD? Uh, sorry, home to vid- home video sales or? Uh, I reckon so, because if you look at something like The Thing, um, which we reviewed not too long ago, go back and check out that episode. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, that's that that was a box office bomb and you know, home video yeah, destroyer. So, yeah. This one's yeah. definitely home video. I can't see this. I don't, I don't even think. Did this even get a theatrical release in Australia? Maybe not. But if no, you look at 93, right? 93, the mechanism. banned in some countries. Well, there you go. That's true too. In '93, the number one film was Jurassic Park, and that made just under a billion worldwide, like 914 million. You know, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Fugitive, Schindler's List, The Firm, Cliffhanger. Like, like those were the sort of premier A-class films of the day, right? Yeah. Um, this looks cheap, even by 1993 standards. <laughs> well, the like, other thing. The other thing, though, is uh, Army of Darkness originally was a lot longer um, and more graphic, but they had to keep cutting it down, cutting it down, cutting it down um, to get that mainstream release. So it um, be interesting to see what we would have got originally because uh, it, it runs at, what, 83 minutes, something like that? It's a real short film. Um, but they, they had to keep cutting it back and cutting out scenes because, yeah, just uh, it wasn't it was too much for a... Um, for a mainstream audience, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, definitely believe it. Um, I mean, it's it, it it's such had it's such had it, this is pretty lofty ambitions to do like a period piece horror action film, right? Where if you don't have that kind of multi million dollar Jurassic Park budget, it's just it's not going to look good on the screen. Yeah. And I would argue that. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, has better production values than um, this film. Hmm. Um, because, I mean, if you look at it, it's quite clearly this is Southern California. And it's like, um, if this is meant to be countryside England, why is everything in a desert? <laughs> like, pretty, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, you, and the actual castles themselves pretty much look like cardboard. Um, not so much the exteriors, but the interiors. Um I mean, the Dead Eye armies, some of them are walking skeletons, some of them are kind of like zombies with flesh dripping off their their, 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 their bones. But yeah. they're, they're stop motion, so it's very clear that it's stop motion. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I personally think that they sunk money into the scenes that they wanted to sink money into and the rest they kind of did a patch job on. Like, for instance, the... The windmill scene, the cemetery scene, they kind of probably sunk the most money into that and everything else was just, I don't know, make do. So when you have a million, 11 million bucks back in 1993, that's quite a substantial sum, but it's not. we're not talking Jurassic Park money, that's for sure. Well, I think the thing with this film is this is the film they wanted to make. So with 11 million bucks, you could have gone back to the cabin and you could have made a really good, um, a really good horror film. Uh, in that cabin, and you could have kept it simple, which is probably why Dead by Dawn looks like a better, um, better film, you know, production-wise. Um, but 
in part two, they wanted to bring him back in time. They they wanted Army of Darkness to begin in part two. They just didn't have the money for it. And I'm building that money and his other film in between uh, Darkman or something. I can't remember the name. Yeah, Darkman. Darkman, Dark yeah. That, that got... That got him the funding to make Army of Darkness, which is a film he wanted to make. So he probably just thought, fuck it. I want to make this. Let's do it. Um, so, you know, kudos to him for making the film he wanted to make, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's even more respect to him because he just, it's, it is 100% his vision. Like, the fact that this even got made in the first place is a miracle. Like, you're never going to see a film this unique ever. He's just not. It's, it's, it's completely different. Um, it's, it, it, is it executed 100%? Probably not. There are some things that you have to kind of roll your eyes at. And like I said, you just got to go with it and not yeah. get hung up on it. It does this plot low a bit. It does. Um, particularly, um, there's a, it, it kind of in the middle when Ash, before Ash agrees to find the book, it's kind of, I mean, it's only maybe 10, 15 minutes, but it's a bit, uh, a lot of exposition, a lot of talking. Um, the ending, the ending is just pretty much a, a fight scene. That's a bit, I won't say it's unique or anything. It's just a typical fight scene. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's it, it's it's a film that, like I said, has has managed to capture every sort of um, basically everyone who likes the home home video sci-fi fantasy market. Like this is one of the films. Like the thing, this it's it's right up there. It's it's just it just didn't translate into sort of mainstream success, um, but it has managed to live on in terms of you know getting remakes and most recently getting a TV series. So let's jump into that perhaps. So the TV series uh, came out I think three years ago, might have been four. Uh, Sam Raimi did the first episode. Um, he directed the first episode. He stayed on I think as an executive producer, and his brother Ivan he was in season two as one of Ash's buds. And I think he wrote a couple episodes and also produced a couple episodes. Um, and basically this, this, the TV series is, oh, I recommend it. It's not, the first season was pretty fun. The second season was a bit boring. I reckon they may slowly, well, they may be running out of budget. I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't seen that. The, the third series um, is about seven episodes in. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't had a chance to see it, but it's taken the sort of the comedic elements of um, Army of Darkness and basically continued the story there. So at the end of Army of Darkness, Ash gets to go back into time to his time and he picks up his job um, working at, is it A-Mart or S-Mart? S-Mart. Shop S-Mart. Shop S-Mart. Yeah, as a retail clerk. Um, And lo and behold, his past catches up to him and he has to once again get back in its Delta 88 and fight the evil dead and you think well how interesting can that be You're pretty much just repeating the same thing over and over again and this fucking book that refuses to go away why don't you just burn it or destroy it it's not that simple guys and and again it's just entertaining like for me this is perfectly up my genre he's just killing deadites there aren't zombies they're deadites they're, they're a unique sort of villain they they are strong quick um, horrific to look at a lot of gore, uh, a lot of cheesy violence. Um, they're, I guess you'd say, what's the American word? Sass? Is that, yeah, like they're quippy, you know? They say dumb shit. Ash responds with dumb shit. 
it's he's got his chainsaw hand he's got his double barrel shotgun that works as a pump action for some reason it's just <laughs> it's just good like you you can't watch it unless you are invested in that genre you definitely won't like it but if you like the films previously i strongly suggest you start watching the tv series have you seen the series yet Ant? no no i haven't had, yeah Son I, of a bitch. I haven't had access well, well as you know, I only downloaded Netflix recently, so you know until that shit pops up on Blu-ray and I'm available like to get it somewhere, it's just really hard to find. So um, um, it is. I do it plan on. It's on Stan. Have you heard of the, the streaming app Stan? Yeah, I have, but I don't have Stan. And um, uh, we'll get the first, do it first month free. You just watch, just smash out the first uh, first three series. That's it. Done. I'll go- yeah, I need, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. I would like to uh, physically own a copy, um, but you know that's just. Ah, oh, well, that's the next thing. I'm, I mean, you're right. It's probably hard to find a physical copy, um, but I guarantee that this TV show is your next is your new favorite TV show. Um, it's got a a Mexican um, psychic, which <laughs> which that's his, uh, he refers to him as that um, Jefe. Um, it's, it's just fun. I won't spoil it for you, but it's, it's definitely, it definitely just builds on the elements of the, um, army of darkness and just, and just runs with it. So basically it's the same Ash from that universe, just 40 years later down the road. And it's a testament to Bruce Campbell. I know in the first one and even in the second one, he's not, look, he's, he's a, he's a B grade legend right in terms of his acting ability but mm-hmm. it's just the role is him it just suits him so perfectly he's so charismatic and and he he says his lines and let's be honest they're dumb shit lines right but he says them he's invested in it he's invested in the character he's invested in the story and he cares and it's just he just that's transparent in in in, in the story in the tv show so it's not like He's looking for another payday or whatever. It's it's fucking fantastic. It's, it's it's again a unique premise that not many TV shows give you these days. And it's interesting that like Game of Thrones is massive now, and all this they're trying to like fi- finally people realize if you put money behind fantasy genre and sci-fi genre, people will fucking flock and they'll watch it. Like you know Stranger Things and whatnot. But it's just interesting that this hasn't gotten mainstream success. Like it's just, it, it, I mean, I, I you know, avail- availability is one thing, but I mean, fuck, it, it's on. I think Stars Network in America, Star. I think it's called Stars, um, which may be an issue because not many people might get that uh, television show on the cable package in the states. But it's just, I don't know. It, I find it to be just. Like I'm, it's, I'm dumbfounded about how something this entertaining isn't um, known by more people. Oh, that's the hardest part about being a horror fan, Sam. Is uh, you know when you're trying to make friends and you're like, "Oh, have you seen this movie and this movie and this movie?" And everyone just looks at you stupid. Then you bring them over and you get them to watch it, and they think you're absolutely a lunatic. So, you know, that's one of the. One of the uh, <laughs> the good things about being a you know a horror junkie is that sometimes you're just all by yourself watching a movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, this is how it used to be like with other sci-fi stuff like Stargate and Star Wars and stuff. People never used to really like about it. But now there's a lot of um, like, I don't know, it's weird, but it's like nerd culture has 
become so mainstream that people just still don't know about these, I guess you call them B-grade films. Like people don't know about The Thing. People don't know about Escape, um, Escape from the NY. People don't know about fucking Army of Darkness. It's just like if you're a nerd, like where are your nerd credentials? Like you cut your teeth on this stuff. This is... This is some of the greatest pop culture pop culture um, icons ever, but it's like unless it's Marvel or fucking some other bullshit, people just don't know. I just love the looks I get when you know uh, I was with a group of people last night and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing tomorrow?" I said, oh, "I'm going to be recording for uh, for the Full Metal Movie Reviews podcast." I'm like, "Oh, what movie you're reviewing?" And I said, "I guarantee you, you haven't heard of it. It's called Army of Darkness." They just looked at me like I was smoking crack. But, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was he wearing like a, 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 like a fucking, I don't know. Yeah, the, the hipster glasses on. Oh, the, you you know. didn't have like a, a Marvel t-shirt on? No, I don't know. No, we were at a nice restaurant, Sam. So, you know, can't wear your Marvel t-shirt to the nice <laughs> restaurant. But probably at the gym, he's probably got his train insane top on or something, you know. And, That's uh, what I mean. Like, if you're a nerd, your job is to be across this stuff. If you love nerd shit, this is one thing you have to just at least be aware of. You don't have to like it, you know, but being yeah. aware of its existence. I think it's, available. I think it's availability, man. If Netflix just went out and bought the rights to all these films and started playing them, I think people would enjoy them a bit more. But, you know, it was really hard to get a hold of back in the day. Um, and it's, you know, just as hard to get a hold of now. I mean, you can go, I know you can go down to your local video store, which isn't very local. It's probably a 40 minute drive for you to find one and you can probably find it there, but who's going to do that? Nobody. That's why they, that's why they're all shutting down. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, would have thought that people would be aware of it. Like if you, if you go on the internet and you go on the white forums and white, the right websites and stuff, and given that a TV show is out now about it, you, people should know how to find this stuff. If you're a nerd, that shouldn't stop you. Yeah, or you get so, it legally. So you hear that, nerds? <laughs> Put down your freaking pens and papers. Put down your freaking Marvel t-shirts and you start fucking looking at these old school horror films, all right? Forget every right. John Carpenter, San Raimi film from back in the day and you just start watching. Well, I'm not doing Dark Man. That's fucking boring shit, that film. Oh, yeah, no, well, I only know a few Sam Raimi films and then <laughs> Spider-Man came out, so... What so about, drag, um, me, drag Me to Hell was all right. I was going to say, what about Drag Me to Hell? That's pretty much the same story. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, It's funny. Yesterday, I just jumped on a website because I was interested where the remake stood in people's mm. minds and I was like, Are all Evil Dead movies ranked. And the, <laughs> this list didn't have the remake on there. It put mm. Drag Me to Hell. All right. <laughs> it's like, Drag Me to Hell is more of an Evil Dead story than the remake. And it ranked it like Army of Darkness was the worst film. And then it was like Evil Dead 2, then Drag Me to Hell. Wait, was Army of Darkness was, was, the, was the worst Yeah, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. Oh Army God. of Darkness, in the, the horror, in the horror community, Army of Darkness is not seen as as a good Evil Dead film. Evil yeah, but Dead it's, is it's not a horror film. Like, that's the word people, you got to let, it's, 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 it's action film, sort of. Yeah, I, I know, but if you're, you're going from a horror franchise and that's your core audience, uh, audience, sorry, and then you all of a sudden you switch gears, well, you're going to lose most of your core audience. Hopefully, you'll gain a few, um, 
but you lose our core audience. So that's why this film, Army of Darkness, is so unique. Because one, it's unique, but two, it loses the diehards. It gains a new crowd. Um, obviously, not that much of a new crowd, you motherfuckers. Because you know, look where it is. But you know, it, that, that's what makes this film so unique. So that's why it sits so low in very uh, in quite a few lists. I don't know why. I'm just going to say it right now. This might be controversial. The Evil Dead, the first film, I fucking hate it. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. It is so, it, you know what? It's shit. It's poorly made. It doesn't hold up. Okay, I can get that. I can get it. But even Bruce Campbell's like, I can't act. Like this film, like the one thing I wish I did better was to act better. It's To me, it's a poor film. So I kind of like throw that aside and I go from Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and I forget about the first one. Um. I don't mind the first one. I kind of like the first one. Um, I think that all these films have value and the first one, I think what it kind of suffers from is it, like all films in the 80s and 70s, late 70s, 80s, they kind of just go for a bit of shock factor. Not like to scare you as a jump, but to, to shock you and say, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably what- that ending just grossed me out, man. I, yeah. I, I hate the ending to that film when they're all dissolving and shit. Oh, it's fucking pus everywhere. Yeah, and there's one scene in the um, in the first one where the where his girlfriend's running through the woods and the woods captures her and rapes her, and he actually oh, it, like you don't need to see sister. that. Oh, sorry, yeah, his sister. He like literally pins her down, rips open her blouse, and spreads open her legs. I'm like. Do you really need to go into that much? Like, can't you just imply that that's what happens? Or even do you even have to go in that direction? Like, why can't you just strangle her? Why does that have to have a sexual connotation? So there's a lot of, I don't know. I think you're just young and you just want to make a name for yourself. So you do cook shit like that. Um, but the second one is more stylized. Everyone's acting a bit better. The vi- the, the deadites look better. Um, mm. It has i guess less of that it dials that sort of weirdness down to a degree i mean it still is pretty weird that scene where all the 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 deer's heads talking and everyone's talking the hand scene when he cuts off his hand but his hand's still trying to attack him i mean the weirdness is still definitely there but it's not so raw i guess it was like you're watching a um a slapstick comedy trapped in a horror film that, that's yeah, probably yeah. the best way to describe um, Evil Dead 2. And then Army of Darkness is like a slapstick fantasy horror film. Yeah, like, it's... Um, yeah, the stylization, I think, helped. Because, I don't know, he, he found that balance. And Bruce Campbell um, is one hell of an actor. Which sucks because um, I wish that... You know, he was more well known as well. Because if you say Bruce Campbell to people, people look at you funny as well. Like, yeah, yeah, what what would I have seen that he was in? I don't know, maybe Congo. But you know, you you can't really give him a film that that they would have seen that Bruce Campbell was in. Oh, Spider Man, but you know, he was the announcer or the the usher or whatever. Uh, poor Bruce. Um, I mean, he was in that TV show when he plays a spy or something. Burn Notice. That, yeah, Burn Notice. I mean, people probably know him from that. Mm. Uh, look, Bruce Campbell is, like I said, he's not, he's not going to win an Oscar, but he is a B-grade actor. He's made some pretty interesting films. Like Bubba Hotep was a, pr- was a pretty unique um, film. They got a lot of um, re- recognition. Like he has attached his name to projects like this one, Evil Dead Trilogy, 
slash TV show, series that he's just embraced it and he's just content that that's what who he is. And I I love people who do that. I love people who say, look, yeah, I'm not I'm not an actor who wants you know I'm all about the craft of acting. I just want to be Daniel Day Lewis. Um, I immerse myself in roles you know you can't call me my real name on set he's like yeah yeah whatever let's just do it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> let's just have fun like and and if you see an actor having fun and it and it comes through on the screen as them being invested and having a good time you're gonna have a good time and that's my whole point is like the army of darkness you don't take it seriously like it's not it's not a film that you 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 have um i guess you just don't take it seriously. And if you don't take it seriously, you have so much more fun with it. And if you're too, if your mindset is that, oh, well, it's a horror film and I need to, I need to see horror. It's like, no, fuck off. You see what the director gives you and the director's giving you where you wanted to take the trilogy. So just enjoy it. And if you don't, cool. But like, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm just, I'm just uh, scrolling through his IMDb. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, <laughs> one, of his re- one of his really bad TV movies I once watched on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, Bruce um, Campbell, sorry. Yeah, 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 Bruce yeah. Campbell. Um, Alien Apocalypse. Um, I've seen it. it. What they did, what they did was, is they got Bruce Campbell, and they were like, "This, this obviously, this didn't happen, but I could imagine this was a production meeting." Bruce, we got a really low budget sci-fi film. It's going to be Army of Darkness. But with aliens, can you just remake that film? Sure, no worries. And it was like you're literally just watching a carbon copy of Army of Darkness, but replace all the deadites with these shitty, <laughs> like C grade budget aliens. So I'm just going to give a quick shout out to that. So if you guys can get your hands on that and you just want to laugh, check it out. I highly recommend it for some uh, late late night nothing else viewing. Well, that's what I mean. Like, just watch these films that, and just go in and enjoying it. Like, that's what it is, right? Um, if you look at – and the other thing, you made an interesting point about Bruce Campbell not really being that well-known. But I would argue Sam Raimi equally probably – I mean, if you go back through his filmography, right? So, Evil Dead 81, and then he's got Crime Wave, never heard of it, Evil Dead 2 – um, Dark Man, I saw it. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it's just, I think that's probably just a flat film in terms of it's just a bit mediocre. Army of Darkness, The Quick and the Dead, which is another flat sort of Western. Um, have you seen The Quick and the Dead? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not great. That had, um, that had Leo, Leo in it, didn't it? Yeah, it did have Leo in it. Um, a Simple Plan, that was actually a really good film. Uh, For Love of the Game, eh. The Gift, good film. And then he went to the Spider-Man trilogy, which obviously had... Um, the first two and the second one in particular had enormous um, acclaim for. Drag Me to Hell, which, again, I personally want to think it was one of my favorite horror films, but got no love, really. It is another, didn't do that great at the box office. Um, Oz, The Great and Powerful, figures a fuck about that. And he hasn't really done a feature since. So out of those, he's got the Spider Man trilogy that would say would be main. I mean, Maybe a simple plan and, and the gift, perhaps. Have you seen the gift? I think so. I think I have. That's the one where, um, so basically, uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett has got can, is clairvoyant and can see the kind of like the, the future, or and um, she can read people's minds, I guess, to a degree. And um, it's got Keanu Reeves in it and Katie yeah. Holmes. Yeah, yeah. And basically, 
Kate Banchett gets involved um, with his abusive husband and he's basically trying to save Katie Holmes' life, I think, from memory. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but yeah, it's a good film. Like, it's it's a unique story, again, um, based on um, some horror sort of, you know, I mean, it does have some jumps in it, thriller aspects, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I just don't think that it takes a, a kind of unique individual to, to appreciate what these films are. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So, Correct. And, we, and we're two unique individuals. We're two twisted, yep. sick individuals who enjoy the works, the gore, the violence. Yeah, we're pretty fucked up. <laughs> All right. Listen, I think we dra- we've done our best to drag this one out for as long as we have. Um, yeah. uh, just before, just before yeah. we cut off, we, we need to mention him. We need to mention him. Um, so uh, Sam, Sam has uh, three brothers involved. Uh, sorry, two brothers involved in this. He's the third. He's got two brothers involved. You mentioned Ivan. Um, we need to mention uh, Ted. So Ted Raimi, uh, he's, he's an actor. Um, all of those deadites that you saw in the first two films is pretty much him. He went through like hell. He was wearing like um, all the prosthetics and everything. Um, and uh, there's one scene in part two where the prosthetics were so hot. Um, this dead ice attacking Ash. And if you see it, you can actually see sweat just like shooting out of the costume because it was so hot that, that the pressure rise of sweat and it just shot out of the costume. Um, and then part three, if you're not sure who he is, Army of Darkness, he's the guy at the very end of the film. And then once you see his face, you'll be like, oh, that's him. He's the guy at the very end of the film that's talking to Ash in the store. It's his work colleague um, about Ash's adventures during Army of Darkness. So a shout out to Ted. Oh, uh, you know, I got my, I got my Remy's wrong. Ted's in the, the TV series, not Ivan. Sorry, Ted is Ted. Yeah, I was going yeah. to say, because I'm pretty sure Ivan's not an actor. But Yeah, no, Ted's yeah. in. Yeah, Ted was yeah. also on Xena, you know that? Yeah, Ted was in Xena. Yep, he was also in the first Candyman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. From a fucked up individual. I love, I love this family. This family's given us some of the great films. So it's fantastic. He's in. I'm pretty sure he's in Dragon Hell too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in Dragon Hell. Look, any movie that Sam is a part of, you you'll find Ted some way or another. Um, well, now saying that, I don't know if he's in the Spider Man's. I think he is, but you you'll find Ted around. And Ted, he's pretty much been he's been a minor character in most films. Like um, Sam was a producer of The Grudge mm. um, remakes. You Ted was in The Grudge, um, so pretty much whatever Sam has his uh, finger in, Ted Ted's not too far behind. So shout out to Ted. Uh, yeah, Teddy good, boy. And hey, good job, mate. Good job. All right, listeners, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, just want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening to the show past couple of weeks. Um, we've been a bit slack, but we'll try and ramp these one these episodes back up. Um, and it's been amazing that, look, we don't put a lot of time and effort into this. We don't publicize this. We don't go on Twitter nearly as much as we do. We don't have a website. We've got a SoundCloud page. And we're still getting look, some episodes. We've got like 100 listens. You know, so that's pretty amazing that there's actually 100 people that have listened to, <laughs> to us talk shit about movies. So thank you for your patronage. These will always stay free and we'll always have access to them, so don't worry about that. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Podcast Addict. Everywhere you get an RSSS feed, we will be there. Um, we're on Twitter at, at FMMRPod. Um, and as always, Ant, thanks for your time. Uh, thank you for having me on and thanks, listeners. Appreciate your support. And uh, until next week, bye. <laughs>